Jesus says today, if you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, if you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give you what you ask for? No, he says the Father will give the Holy Spirit. That when we ask for anything, the Father will give us the Holy Spirit. What does Jesus mean by this? Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is our relationship with the Father. And that's more important than anything, anything else we could ask or receive. People oftentimes will say, I don't pray to God because, you know, he never answers my prayers. And we know God always answers them, but not always in the way that we want them to. Sometimes he has something better in mind that he wants for us. My brother recently completed five years in the army. And before entering the army, uh, he wanted to do something you know, radical and extreme in the military, and he wanted to actually be a Navy SEAL, first of all, but they didn't let him into the Navy because of, we'll just say, some prior legal trouble when he was a little younger. Um, but the Army let him in, and he had a contract such that after he finished his basic training, he would get into the selection process for Special Forces. Again, he had this great desire to fight the bad guys, protect the country, do some extreme challenging things um, for our country. But when he got in, he, uh, in the pre-kind of training phase for selection process after basic training, the commander he had um, trained them a little, I would say, a lot too hard. He ended up in the hospital for a number of days with rhabdomyolysis, which is when the muscles break down and get into the bloodstream. And he could have died very easily. Anyways, after that, he got better and eventually made it into the selection process. And he made it through, did well, but wasn't selected at the end. My brother thinks that it was that commander um, who looked bad because, you know, one of his guys almost died in the end, who kind of blackballed him and didn't allow him to get selected. After that situation of not being selected, he was trying to figure out his way and uh, figure out what MOS would be his, and the only thing that came was available to him in the end was as a mechanic. And my brother knows nothing about cars, nothing about machinery, any of this. So again, kind of another kind of downer for him. And it would be a series of these type of things in the army for him. He did make it to a ranger battalion and was ended up going to ranger school, but again, got dropped from that. And so after this desire, these, these prayers to do great things for the Lord and defend the country and to be a true patriot, it didn't really work out for him. And I can remember him calling me about two and a half years into his contract saying, Nick, you know, I've desired to do these great things and I'm pouring my, my heart out for this and going all in and it's just not working out. You know, what's going on here? He couldn't see in the moment, you know, what the Lord was doing. Um, he's now 
completed his contract of five years and he didn't re-enlist. But looking back now, he can see that the Lord did have something better in mind. Just a week or two after he signed his contract, but before he went to basic training for the first time, he met his now wife and they had a long-term relationship or long-distance relationship and they were married um, at one of the chapels during one of his leaves down on base. And he now has two children. And so looking back, he sees that the Lord actually protected him greatly. After five years, his only deployment was for four months in Afghanistan, and he didn't really even leave the base. He was just charged with making sure the generators ran well. And so after five years, he has his whole physical health. He doesn't have any mental you know, um, issues from PTSD or anything. And so looking back, he can see how the Lord had something better in mind for him. A greater mission, even than serving in the army as a husband and a father. Other times, though, we know sometimes we may pray for something and it doesn't happen and uh, we can't see the better part of it coming about, even years after. And we don't understand why God didn't come through in the way that we wanted him to. But we have to trust that God is with us even when it doesn't make sense to us. Sometimes it's praying for a loved one's health to get better. Sometimes it's praying that someone comes back to the sacraments. And these are great things. And we're like, why, Lord, won't you come through for us? This is obviously a good thing. And now I won't try to explain it away because... To be honest, we don't know why a lot of times God doesn't come through or he allows certain things, why he doesn't answer the prayers in the way we wanted him to. We'll only know in eternity. But again, here's the thing. Despite our prayers not being answered in the way we want them to, Jesus said the Father always gives the Holy Spirit. Always, always, always. We grow closer to God through our prayer. No matter what our prayers are, no matter what we're asking for, we're always growing in our communion, in our relationship with God. And that's more important than anything else. Jesus today also teaches us how we are to pray. His disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus teaches them the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father you notice that it was a little different than the one we pray at Mass or when we pray the Rosary. Today's Gospel is from Luke's Gospel. So this is Luke's version of the Our Father. We pray, most often, the version found in Matthew's Gospel. But Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. I was listening a couple weeks ago to Dr. David Anders on Real Presence Radio, 88.1. We get that loud and clear in our area, so... Please tune in to 88.1 FM. And Dr. David Anders does this question and answer call in program. And someone called in and was kind of critiquing Catholics for not praying spontaneously as much as Protestants. We know we have our rote prayers and don't often pray as much from the heart. And this person was critiquing Catholics in this way. And Dr. David Anders, who is a convert himself from Protestantism to Catholicism, he made a good point. He said, yes, when we pray spontaneously, it can be good, 
But sometimes it can be a little self-serving. I myself can remember times praying for things to happen that maybe weren't even in the best good for myself. Lord, I pray that my team will win the state hockey tournament. I pray that Samantha will go out with me to the dance. I pray that I'll make a lot of money when I grow up. I was camping this last week. Lord, I pray that I'll catch a bunch of walleye. Whereas the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus tells us to pray, is the perfect prayer. And it's not just a a prayer, but it teaches us how to pray. It teaches what we are to want for. When we truly concentrate on the words of the Our Father, it forms us to want what God wants us to want, rather than just us asking for what we and my own ego wants for us. So Dr. David Anders, again a convert, he said he's been grateful that Catholics pray these prayers, especially the Our Father, um, so often, because it helps form us to pray and to want what we actually should want. We pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, I don't want my kingdom, I don't want myself to be in charge and to reign. I want you to reign. I want you to be Lord and King of my heart, of my marriage and my family. I want your will to be done. Yes, I may have these good ideas, but ultimately, Lord, I want your will. You can see all. You know what's best for me and for everyone. I want what you want. Thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I want things to be in place a year from now, a month from now, even tomorrow. The Lord says, no, you just pray for today. Lord wants us to trust that he will give us what we need for today. Not for the future, but trusting, Lord, you will take care of me today. We pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A most powerful and most um, important petition, Lord. Most importantly, Lord, keep me from sinning. You are my good. I never want to offend you. I don't want to separate myself from you. So keep me from temptation. Don't allow me to fall into sin, but keep me from evil. So since hearing Dr. Anders talk about this, I've been challenging myself to pray the Our Father more intentionally. I pray the Our Father... I can't even count, maybe dozens of times a day. And I've been trying to catch myself when I just start saying it to stop, and nope, I'll start over. I want to think about the words I'm saying. Recently in confession for people, for their penance, I've been giving them just one Our Father, but have it take you a minute to say it, so that you think about each of those petitions and allow you again to form you to want what God wants. So my friends, we pray. And we may not get what we ask for, but we always get the Holy Spirit. We get God, deeper communion with Him. That's the most important. And Jesus told us the principal way to pray, the Our Father. Rather than telling God what we want, which can be self-serving at times, the Our Father forms us to want what God wants for us. So my friends, take time this week to meditate on this great prayer. The last part of the Catechism, especially, is all about the Lord's Prayer, very rich in reflection. And let us always pray the Our Father like we mean it.